Hey, so good to have you with us this morning. Uh, my name is Antonio Reyes, and I get to be a part of the pastoral team in this community. Thank you for joining us this morning, and I know that it's a cozy uh, morning. You see the wind, you know, it's, uh, I miss these days, you know, being in Southern California, we don't see this often, you know, it's, it's just inconsistent color through the whole year, you know, and if it drops to 75, we, we get our jackets on, and we're like, oh, this is really cold. You know, so to us, this is, this is amazing. You know, we get to see the stations and everything. But anyways, that's not the conversation this morning. Uh, this morning, I want to uh, invite you into this conversation uh, that we get to talk about practices. And, and we've been talking about integrity and how uh, from Erwin McManus, one of his uh, quotes, it says that wholeness is found through, not through receiving, but through giving. The wholeness and generosity are inseparably linked Paradoxically, we become whole as we give ourselves away. And let me tell you something that I have found about God, this, this God of the scripture, God of the narrative of the Bible, is that he likes to disrupt our comfort. Not just for the sake of disruption, but because we like to be in a comfortable places many times, if I'm honest with you. I love comfort. And he likes to disrupt those moments to call me to a higher place. And this morning, I... I want to talk to you about serving. Very exciting, right? Because we don't have a lot of things to do with, with our lives that we have enough time to serve. But to be honest, I think that I want to invite you into this journey. And one of the most famous parables from Jesus, and it's found in Luke chapter 10, verse 25. If you have your Bibles, if not, we're going to have it here on the screen. Uh, I want to read to you the beginning of this conversation and how Jesus is having this conversation with this religious leader. And verse 25 says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Jesus told him, do this and you will live. And the man wanted to justify his actions. Pay attention to this. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? If, you get, if you're comfortable enough, would you mind closing your eyes? Let's pray for a minute. Jesus, we thank you this morning that you allow us to be in this place. Meet us where we are, God. It doesn't matter the place can you meet us there? Speak to us, whisper to our souls, and invite us into this journey, into this conversation. Everybody says, amen. You know, one of the things that I, that I have discovered about my mom, you know, is that the Latino mom has a very particular way of being a mother. Do not say a weird way. Yes, there you go. They have a very particular way. You know, they have sometimes some interesting ideas that I do not understand. And that's not, it's not to criticize my mom. I love my mom. But you know, one of the, the, the things that I see about my mom is that, let me just let you inside a little bit of my journey with my mom, is that she gets offended when I reject her service to me. You know, living in, in L.A. for 12, 13 years of my life, every time that I used to come to, uh, to her house, she wanted to cook for me. She wanted to make my favorite meal. 
She wanted to do my laundry. She wanted to bake my favorite, you know, stuff. Whatever it was, she wanted to serve me. And now that I live here with her, I'm 32 years old. Sometimes I don't have time to go home and eat. Sometimes I, I can't do my laundry, friends. No, sometimes I can't do my laundry. I do not know how to bake my own, my, my favorite meal, and, but I can tell you this. I can do it on my own. And when I tell my mom, mom, I'm fine. Do not worry about me. She feels offended. Like I'm saying, I do not love you, mom. I do not care about you. You're no longer my mom. She feels offended. I'm like, mom, I will be fine. Don't worry. You raised me good. I'll be fine. I'll survive over there with some McDonald's at least. But just bear with me. But you know, one of the things that I have found about the Latino moms, and maybe you resonate with this and you see this in your own mom, but is that they love to show honor serving you. They love to show that they love you by serving you. They love to show you that you matter to them serving you. And if I learned something about my mom is that service is a natural response to what we love. See, love is the giver. Love serves. Love contributes. Love grants. Love provides. Love sacrifices. See, we have diminished love to just a feeling. We have diminished love to just a sensation in our gut. The, the, long, the, the moment you no longer simulate me, I don't love you. And that's just not true, friends. See, love requires a tangible expression. And I believe service is one of those ways to show that you love. I believe that, you know, Dallas Wheeler says that many of us, we miss the opportunity to serve because we have this sense of scarcity in our lives. This is out of this mind of scarcity that we refuse to serve people because we feel that we do not have enough for us. And I, I wonder about my own life. You know, Jesus says that he comes to bring life and life in abundance. And I wonder, am I missing this abundance piece in my life? Am I living from scarcity or from abundance in my own life? That's a question that I have to ask myself constantly, friends. And I know, I know. We live in a time that is very, very hard to care for things, to serve, to give yourself to things that really matter. There's so many things, friends. I am, I'm overwhelmed of so many things around the world that really matter. That's the reality of it. And thanks to social media, I get to know not only what happens in my neighborhood, in my city, in my state, but around the world. Thanks to social media, I, can, I know that if I drive 540 miles down south, I'm going to end up in the most violent city in the world. That's Tijuana, friends, in Mexico. I know that if I drive 1,200 miles going to El Paso, Texas, I end up in the number one place with the disappeared woman in the world. And I get overwhelmed because what I feel from culture is that I should care about all these things, that I should serve. What am I going to do about it? And if I'm honest, I feel guilty. I feel ashamed sometimes. I get depressed that I should do more. Comparalyzed narrative that happens within us. And that puts me in a place that I become paralyzed and I end up not doing 
anything because I'm overwhelmed. And I believe that's not the place where Jesus wants us to live, friends. Look at this, what, what's happening in the, in the beginning of this story. And Jesus responds, religious leader, asking Jesus a question. And Jesus responds, and Luke lets us know that he wants to excuse himself. Hello? I do that all the time. I like to excuse myself. He says, so who is my neighbor? Right? He wants to go on this philosophical rant and like, so who is my neighbor, Jesus? Let me tell you this. This guy, it's not the first time he has this conversation. He, that's his thing. He might have this conversation with rabbis, with other friends already. They have this type of conversations. See, but Jesus wants us to not live in that place where it's just about information, data, knowledge. He wants us to take steps. Not because you are well informed about things. Not because you, you heard Joe Rogan in a podcast saying, uh, talking about certain things. You already know. There's more to it, friends. And Jesus is inviting us to not excuse ourselves from the opportunity to serve. See, sometimes, consciously or unconsciously, we do this all the time. That we get into these conversations and we become paralyzed with opinions, statistics, data, and all these things that we hide behind those things. See, the purpose of this parable is not to, to Tony Robinson you, to motivate you. The purpose of this parable is to put a mirror in front of this religious leader that is intelligent and has knowledge about what he's talking about. And that that not always translates into doing and serving and loving others. See, I do this all the time. I'm guilty of this. You know, a couple of weeks ago, my wife was going to have a party. And like a good wife, she asked me to clean the backyard. And like a good husband, I was not about that life. I'll tell you that. I was not motivated. I was not excited. Woo, yuppie, I get to clean the backyard. So I use my gift as a talker, and I start talking. Hey, babe, you know what? I don't think it's a good idea for me to clean the yard by myself. You know, like, there's a lot of things that need to get done, you know? And cleaning the backyard is not one of those things that I'm, I feel is, is, is necessary right now. And then I start giving opinions. You know what, my, babe? Why don't you go to your mom's house? You should do the party over there. You know? That's a great place. It's bigger than ours. And then I start giving alternatives. You know what? If that doesn't work, maybe our friends can come and help us clean. Dude, I have all kinds of stuff in mind. Let me tell you. And maybe there were not bad ideas. But I knew that that was not the right heart for it. I knew that I was trying to excuse myself from the responsibility as a husband to my wife. Friends, the reality is this. I do not want us to get stuck in this place. That we don't just, we care and we, and we talk about it and we have all this, we read the right books and then we get paralyzed without taking action into what is needed. Friends, this story is hard in my, if I'm honest with you. You know, if we read the rest of the story, verse 30 and on, Jesus replied with a story and says, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. This drew him off his clothes, beat him up, and let him half dead. 
besides the road. And then you have other people coming into the picture. Levites, priests, and then this Samaritan. You know, as, we, as I'm reading this story, I know that Jesus is violating the way they see life. And I love this. Because Jesus decides to make the villain of the story the hero of the story. He makes this Samaritan person, he compares them with a, with a Levi and a priest. And they should have the right ideas and they should have the right perspective about God. But it's not even, they're not even compassionate. It's this Samaritan, the one who is compassionate about people. Which, which takes me to this place of look like me, like the th same things, they care for the same things. And their response is, no, that's not the ceiling. It's not limited only to the people that we, we love and that we, we're comfortable loving and serving. It goes beyond that. But notice the simplicity of Jesus' response to this question. See, to me, simplicity helps us a lot more than something complex. See, Jesus is not telling this religious leader, hey, the way you love your neighbor is that you destroy this inhumane political system called the Roman Empire. The way you love your neighbor is that you open organizations across Jerusalem and serve the poor. Jesus gives a simple response. You should care about the person who is in proximity to you. See, friends, there's nothing wrong with doing all these things. But what I'm saying is that sometimes simplicity can bring clarity and the next steps for us to take. That sometimes it's needed to see the simplicity of things so that we don't get caught up in the complications of things and that we get to actually take steps and serve the people that is in proximity to us. Because being a servant is not a matter of particular acts. Being a servant is a lifestyle, friends. See, coming from a, a country that we receive missionaries all the time from Mexico, people coming into our country, and they have done great things. Let me tell you that. I don't want to speak bad about that. They have done great things. But now that I move forward and I see the church in the United States, that kind of hurt us a little bit. Because now we do not know how to serve our neighbor because it's easy for us to take a plane and go to another country and serve someone else. Then find a way to serve the people that is in proximity to us. And that's a crush to us now. We do not know how to actually love people around us, care for the things around us. And the reality of the kingdom of God, God in the action. You love and you care for the ones who are in need close to us. So my question to all of us this morning is, who is hurting, friends, close to you? Who is struggling? Who is broken close to you? This whole idea of having everything and having money and having uh, education does not exempt us from being in this place, if I'm honest. Jesus challenged the values and the ideals and the and conduct of those people. Jesus challenged this group of people. That he makes the villain more compassionate, more caring, more empathetic, 
more generous than those who actually have the right ideas about God. How is that possible? How is that right in a sense? And I tell you, that has happened in my own life. You know, I have this, this aunt that I love her. She's amazing. We, we have different ideas about life. That's definitely true. You know, she is one of those ladies that is loud, and she says everything that she has in her mind. You know the thing that you think, but you don't say it? She's the one who says it. Yeah, she makes it uncomfortable. Yeah, that's, that's my aunt. And one of the things that she has is that, that she might not have an education, you know. She cleans houses. She's amazing. But she has a huge drive that whatever is in her mind, she will do it. And what I notice about her is that she started noticing that her family, you know, they were struggling and they had some people in jail and they didn't have money for lawyers. So what she did is that in her house, in her apartment complex in Fairfield, and she would raise, start cooking some enchiladas and selling them away. And she would raise money. Whatever money she would get, $100, $200, $300, and she would give it away to support her family. And all of a sudden, that became into, oh, let me support one of my friends that need money too. And I'm going to raise money and support them. And, and they, they're in need. They don't have money. They lost their jobs. And I'm going to just give them whatever comes out. And I'm over here looking for far away. I'm the pastor, you know. And I'm like, whoa, she is inspiring me. Can. And she knows how to cook. That's what she's going to do. And whatever she brings into the table, that's beauty, friends. That's wonderful. Because she does not get stuck in the complexity of things. And I'm not saying that's the best way to do it. But what I'm saying is this. Simplicity sometimes is a way to go. Friends, this story just challenged me to the core. Because it's not only the people who are in need by default, because there's no better options for them. And the story Jesus is bringing this man that knows what he's doing and he ends up there because of his bad decisions. Meaning, the person who gets beat knows better, friends. Everybody back then knew about that road. Everybody knew that you don't travel that road by yourself. You travel it with groups of people. And if I was close to Jesus, this is just me, friends. I would tell Jesus, how am I responsible for this dude? He needs some hood in his life. Like, he needs to know better. Like, she, he, he knows that he can't travel by himself. Why is he doing this? How am I responsible for his lack of, of, of understanding life and, you know, common sense? See, but the invitation of Jesus is not for us to analyze, but to leave our agenda to the side and give ourselves to the need in the moment. And friends, that is hard. That is hard. And I believe this is the invitation of Jesus, that we give ourselves to these moments of need, and that we follow the, the simplicity of what Jesus is sharing with us. And in the words of one of my favorite actors, Shia LaBeouf, she'll do it. She'll do it. 
just do it. I'm going to invite the band to come to the stage. I know you're going to love that one. I knew, I knew. You know, as I was reading this story, you know, you're always going to feel that there's more to do, friends. You're always going to feel that there's, you're not doing enough. You're always going to feel that there's a lack from your part. You're always going to have people criticizing you that you're not doing it right, that you're not doing enough. And guess what? Even Jesus got criticized. So do not allow that to rob you from the opportunity to show your love in a tangible way. See, the Jewish people thought that the way to freedom was a political to their souls without being oppressed by the Roman Empire. But Jesus came to bring freedom to their souls, to their hearts, because that's the point of reference to freedom. Friends, the way this movement called the church, the early church changed humanity. Before they even had this document, this collection of books called the Bible, they were loving people. They were changing the world by compassion and mercy and caring for others. See, there's millions of stories of the early church that we don't know. See, the story tells us that they were raising kids that were not their own. Kids that were cast out outside the cities and into the woods, leaving them, leaving them there to, to die. Starvation or eaten by a wild animal. And all of a sudden, this weird group of people called people of the way, Start caring for these kids. And they will go to the, outside the cities into the woods and carry these kids into their houses from the state. Without any of those things, they will take these kids into their houses even though they probably lack food. Maybe even though they have a small house. Even though they were putting themselves in danger, they would take care of these kids and will, they would raise them as their own kids. That's the way they were changing the world. And you know why? Not because the Bible asked that from them. Not because the, the Hebrew law asked that from them. It's because that's what love required from them in that moment. We say here in Discovery, we want to be a movement. Not just of good values and beliefs, but of love. That we transform society in our circle of influence by loving and caring other people, friends. So this is our invitation to you. That we do this Surf Sundays next week. That you get connected. You don't have to be part of a neighborhood community group to serve. You can go to our website and look to the options. If you want to show up, you show up. And you help and you serve and you love. And let me tell you, do not diminish what you bring into the table. Do not feel the sense of like, well, I'm not doing enough. That's why I'm not going to do it. No, friends. This is a way we change everything. I will not allow 
someone else cares and loves and is more compassionate than me. This is what God called me to do. And I believe this is a discovery's narrative for the future. As we close this, have this moment of communion, friends, that we remember of the biggest sacrifice that hum humanity has experienced. And it's this Jesus giving his life for us. And we get this moment where you can come and grab one of the crackers and the, and the juice and get this moment of realigning your soul and your heart into the things that really matter. And whatever conversation you want to have with God in this moment, whatever it is you're struggling right now, my advice to you is bring it to him. He's not intimidated. He's not mad about it. Just get to have the conversation with him. So as we move forward, please feel free to come and grab any of the juice and the crackers. Have this moment as we get led and worship.